1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may
0: vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: And welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Never podcast. And it is an election special. No, it isn't. Uh, It's just that Statman Dave and I are recording tonight's session as the events across the pond unfold with the circus that is a US presidency. So you never know. We might be getting live updates as we record this evening and, you know, you might get a bit of live reaction. Um, I'm your host, as ever, Natalie Bromley. And joining me is the headliner himself, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, howdy, partner.
1: From one circus to another.
2: Indeed. <laughs> I'm not sure that that was whether I'm the circus or whether just the show's the circus.
1: The, you're the ringmaster, yes.
2: I can't help but feel that that wasn't a compliment. So I'm going to move swiftly on. How are you, Dave?
1: <laughs> I'm very well. How are you?
2: I'm very well, thank you. It's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a stressful week, really. We've had the the continued disappointment that is our football club at the moment. Then we've got this election headache. Then it's all gone quiet on the takeover front. Phew! I don't know where to start this evening, Dave, but of course, as I mentioned in the in the uh, intro tonight, we are recording as the votes are being counted live across the pond, and uh, we may very well be heading, as it seems, to a changing tenant at the White House. Just as we're also maybe getting a changing tenant at Turf Moor as well. It's all changed, Dave. I don't like change. Uh,
1: well, they say change as good as a rest, don't they?
2: Well. Makes me uncomfortable. Um, how are you feeling about the Clarets generally, Dave? It continues to be a disappointing time for us at the moment.
1: I will feel happier when we get a win on the board. If we can uh, get a win on mm. Friday, that would be a, a good start going into the uh, next international break.
2: Do you think it's a bit hyperbole to suggest that the Brighton game is must-win? I don't even uh, think that, want mm. that to lose. I think it's a must-win. Home against Brighton, a relegation rival. It's three points or nothing for me.
1: Um, I wouldn't go that far, but we do doing to get a win from somewhere and Friday be a, a really good time to do it. And as we'll go on to shortly, we do have a reasonably good record down there as well, so yeah, that we might do. be a good sign.
2: But I think for, from my perspective, Dave, if, if we don't win at home against Brighton, we've got to find those other three points somewhere, or the other two points from somewhere else. And at home against your relegation rivals are the ones that you have to win if you're going to survive. So it has to be a must win
1: uh yeah sorry it's uh away from home
2: ah do you know that's really interesting i thought i would made a mistake <laughs> here so i could <laughs> listeners. this is just to, goes to show that it isn't always me that's the crazy one i put I, ch- I put our zen, our uh show recording thing Brighton away preview show and i just clicked onto my script and i was like at home why are we at home and um yeah uh dave got it wrong so it is it is in that sense then yes i agree it's it's maybe a that's why I was saying it's a must-win. Actually, I think you're right. It's probably a must-not-lose um, one. Um, I, I retract my statement, Dave. How did you feel about the Chelsea result?
1: Um, disappointed, obviously. I, I I did predict that uh, we weren't going to win. I think when we discussed it last time, I wasn't particularly confident that we would win. Um, we kept it tight. First off, did concede a goal. But second half, Chelsea went up a gear and they were, well, deserved winners over the course of the game. So I don't think there's too many arguments with uh, with the result. Um, but as, as we said already, we need to get a result from uh, from somewhere. And I think our, our stat of the week might put things into uh, perspective when we come to that later in the show.
2: Ooh, that's exciting. I mean, we can't be too, well, essentially a result Chelsea away is, is essentially not at Chelsea at home, sorry, is not a game that's going to define our season. Neither is the Spurs game, um, and neither is, I probably guess, the, the um, well, I don't know actually, the Leicester game. Probably not, but certainly, I think if we look then at the games against Southampton, Newcastle, and West Brom, um, to score just one goal in those three games and probably only have one shot on target in those games as well, it's uh, it, those are the games that I think are starting to worry me more than the likes of Chelsea and Spurs. I think that's probably fair, Dave.
1: Well, that was the thing on Saturday as well. As you say, we didn't have um, a single shot on target, which has uh, has happened before, but it's a relative rarity for, for home games. Um, and we do need to, to create chances mm. to, uh, to score goals and we're not getting those shots on target. Um, Chelsea, to be fair, played well. They're a good side. Um, and they had, um, well, they had resources available to them. Obviously, a, a player um, out in the warm-up for uh, £58 million, then they'd bring a, another player in who's worth £47 million, um, Does kind of put things into perspective slightly. But having said that, we do need to compete in the division. And, you know, the season isn't won or lost um, uh, for games like Saturday, but we do need to make sure we're picking up um, points regularly against the other 14.
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's um, let's have a look at last week's quiz question first before we move on to to look at that and preview that Albion game. Um, last week, you asked our listeners: Twenty-one years ago, Burnley played in the first round of the FA Cup at Barnet on October the thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. The Clarets won the match one nil, but which player scored the winning goal? Dave, what was the answer?
1: Uh, the answer was uh, the left foot of Paul Cook. Uh, we had a short corner routine on the left. Uh, he sent a crossover with the outside of his foot, which floated straight into the net. Um, did he mean it? I'm not 100 percent convinced.
2: Um,
1: I did. I remember seeing the interview after the game, and there was kind of a. Uh, it, it did say he meant it, but the looking in his eye maybe suggested yeah, yeah. that he didn't.
2: <laughs> but did we get any right answers from our listeners, Dave?
1: Uh, we had a few uh, last week, yes. Uh, Liam Kennifer was in touch with the correct answer. Uh, Stan Hill Claret. Uh, John Robertson, again, who, who he did seem to think that uh, uh, it was intentional. It was very uh, definitive when he uh, replied with the answer. And also our own Tom Whitaker as well. He knew that it was uh, Paul Cook who scored that goal.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Um... Well, you're going to give us a. I don't think I've had any others other than the ones that you've got there. So well done to all of the correct answers. We are going to, of course, give you another quiz question at the end of the show. So stay tuned for Dave's little golden nugget. Opposition stats. Moving on to the game, then, Dave. We are, of course, at. The Amex, we're away, not at home, we are away at Brighton Hall Albion, Friday the 6th of November at 5.30pm, which is live on Sky Box Office. boo, um, and it will be probably, what, it'll be 24, 36 hours after we're all in lockdown, so um, why don't you start by telling us about the recent history of this game, Dave, including last season's meeting.
1: Yeah this season uh this season for the preview shows we're looking at the last decade so that's the game since 2009-10 and Burnley have played down at Brighton on seven occasions uh, the, the three most recent visits have all been Premier League fixtures and the four before that were all in the Championship um we're well aware that away wins and points are always at a premium and the Amex Community Stadium at Falmer which was opened in 2011, has been quite a happy hunting ground for us in the last decade. Uh, Burnley have won twice. Uh, We've drawn three times and suffered just two defeats. And we're also unbeaten in the three previous Premier League visits there over the last three seasons, with two draws and a win. Uh, Last season's corresponding fixture, that ended in a a 1-1 draw, uh we snatched a, a point late on with a goal from uh, Jeff Hendrick, if you remember. Um and that was after Neil Mopay had given the lead to Brighton early in the second half.
2: Excellent. Um what about Burnley's last win then? Oh actually we've got another double header here. Burnley's last win and their last top fight win.
1: Yeah, we don't have to go back too far. We've mentioned already that Burnley have drawn two and won one of our three uh, Premier League visits to Brighton. So our last win is uh, our one and only top-flight win against this weekend's opponent. Uh, That took place as recently as February 2019. Uh, The final score on that occasion, it was uh, 3-1 to Burnley, and our goal scorers that day were both uh, former Brighton players. Uh, Chris Wood struck twice, and Ashley Barnes scored a penalty – with former Claret Shane Duffy scoring a consolation goal for the home side with a header. That one finished uh, 3-1, and that was the 9th of February 2019.
2: Good stuff. Highlights
1: and lowlights.
2: Goodness me. You, but, and, and this, this script is throwing me, Dave, because everything's all clumped together. We're doing well tonight. Um, you've put the highlights and the low light in the same category. Dave, what is going on?
1: Well, they're both in the same game, so it made sense to talk ah, about them together. okay. Yes.
2: Okay. Highlight and lowlight then, Dave. Take it away.
1: Yes. Uh, Although the match here between the two teams in early April 2016 ended in a draw, it provides us with this week's highlight and lowlight, both of which took place a matter of minutes apart. In 2015-16, there was a three-horse race for the championship title. That was between Burnley, Middlesbrough and Brighton. So the game we played on the south coast on the 2nd of April was a vital one. Uh, There have been three first-half goals. Uh, Dale Stevens, obviously now with Burnley, he scored uh, the first goal for Brighton after 30 minutes, uh, but Andre Gray pulled a goal back for Burnley three minutes later. Anthony Knockhart then put the host back in front immediately before the break. Uh, Brighton was still leading 2-1 late in the game when we come to our low light, which was a travesty of a decision from the officials. Uh, We thought that Michael Keane had scored when his header from Matt Taylor's outswinging corner went over the line, uh, but the linesman and referee Craig Pawson did not give the goal, and there was no goal line technology available to check. But into injury time, and our highlight, which was Michael Keane's headed goal to snatch a late point and provide a little bit of justice to the proceedings.
2: Ah, I see what you did there. Um, that, That might have been a key moment, the justice campaign there.
1: The Justice Match, yes.
2: Good old Papa Bird, bless him. <laughs> um, God, I, you know, I don't think I'll ever get over that decision with Michael Keane's uh, goal. That was just absolutely shocking. I remember, uh, I think I, I, my other half, Mister Bromley, was a bit like he was looking at me like I'd gone absolutely mental. I was screaming at the TV and going absolutely mad. He was like, "Okay, love it. It's a football game. Sit down." <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was terrible. Heroes and villains. OK, well, moving on then, who is our hero when it comes to this fixture, please?
1: Uh, well, there was a temptation to select Michael kane as the hero, uh, but as we've already chosen his equalising goal from 2016 as the highlight, we're going to go one better and go back a little bit further in time to find another worthy contender who scored a winning goal in a pass match at Brighton. Uh, this week's hero is Martin Dobson. No. Uh, mm. The year was 1972, and Burnley were already riding high at the top of the second division. Despite drawing two and losing one of the previous three matches, the Clarets got their momentum going again with a hard-earned away win at Brighton's Goldstone Ground in November of 1972. And it was club captain Martin Dobson who scored the only goal of the game that was just after half-time with a near-post header from a Leighton James corner. He also went on to lift the second division trophy at the end of that season, as Burnley were promoted back to the first division as champions.
2: Good stuff. Okay, then, let's move on to the villain.
1: Pantomime villain. Yes, you like these, <laughs> don't you?
2: I do. Yeah, I've still not nailed the, the the intro to it though. I've got to get I've got to get that somewhere. The villain. I might get Matt to do some kind of voiceover to make my voice go all <laughs> villain. You don't like it though, do you?
1: No, you can we'll um we'll we'll pass on that one.
2: Moving on then, Dave, who is our villain?
1: Well, we've actually selected a current Brighton player as this week's villain, although he's on a season-long loan at Watford and won't be involved this time around. Um and that's 37-year-old striker Glenn Murray. Uh, when Burnley played at Brighton in December 2017, it's fair to say that this week's villain was heavily involved in most of the controversial incidents in this game. And he had a bit of a running battle with James Tarkovsky, if you remember. I do. Um, Yeah. Uh, Glenn Murray went down very theatrically in the box and was awarded a penalty in the first half. But thankfully, he wasted the gift he'd been given and blazed a spot kick over the bar. Nick Pope dived to his right and the uh, ball sailed over the crossbar. Um, there was another incident shortly after the penalty, which involved Tarkey moving his elbow into Murray's midriff, uh, which wasn't spotted by the officials at the time, but was highlighted in the media and on Match of the Day and resulted in a retrospective three-match ban for the the Defender. So for his antics in that game in 2017, Glenn Murray is our villain for this week.
2: Excellent, I like that villain. It's the one to watch. Against my better judgment, I hate this section. Who is our one to watch, please?
1: Uh, for our one to watch this week, we've gone for Brighton and Hove Albion's twenty-year-old right wing back, Tarek Lamptey. Uh, London-born Lamptey started out at Chelsea, but with limited opportunities in West London, he made the move to the South Coast back in January in a three and a half-year deal for an undisclosed fee, which be- was believed to be in the region of three to four million pounds. After settling well at his new club during the second half of last season and a promising start to the current campaign, there's even been talk of an improved contract offer to try and ward off interest from elsewhere. In fact, Chelsea may well be regretting not having some uh, kind of buyback option on the player who's still improving. He's already an England under-21 international and his name has been mentioned as a possible addition to the full England squad. Uh, His main assets are his blistering pace and ball control, although his attacking mindset has sometimes seen him caught out. He has a high volume of interceptions, and his pace can help him track him back as well. He's been credited by some as one of the key reasons that Graham Potter's side has gone from being a more defensive outfit to one that's more capable of creating and scoring goals. Of course, we hope he has an off day this time around, but if you're watching the match this Friday, we do recommend you keep your eye on Tarek Lamptey, who is our one to watch.
2: Good stuff. Um, And then finally then, making up the officials on Saturday, who is our... Oh, God. Really? Who's our referee?
1: Uh, Mike Dean will be in charge at Brighton this Friday evening. Uh, But what can we say about Mike Dean that hasn't already been said? The answer to that is not much, but I do have a Burnley-related Mike Dean stat, if you like. Oh, I would like that very much. Well, it's actually better than the stat of the week, but i put it in here. Um, If you're wondering how long ago Mike Dean took charge of his first Burnley match, it was just over 23 years ago. And it was also the game in which Burnley's player manager, Chris Waddle, scored his only goal for the Clarets. This was in the 1997-98 season uh, for the visit to Turf Moor of Bournemouth. And coincidentally, future Burnley manager, Eddie Howe, also scored uh, Bournemouth's first goal in a match which finished 2-2, and that was on the 26th of October 1997, just over 23 years ago.
2: That is a very good stat. Why didn't you pick that for stat of the week, then? Uh,
1: because I'd already done the stat of the week, and then I did this afterwards.
2: Oh, well, I like it. Well, why don't you, then, after teasing our listeners with uh, a better stat than the stat of the week, why don't you delve into that Bank of Statman, Dave, and give them the actual Miscellaneous stat of the week.
1: I've not finished on the referee yet.
2: Really, I don't have anything <laughs> else on my script. Shall I, I continue? I Please do. I, yeah. I'm flying blind. I don't know what you're about to say, Dave. I don't have anything on my script.
1: I was going to say that referees were once forced to retire in the mid forties, uh, but despite the pace of the game being arguably quicker than ever, the 52-year-old from Heswall on the on the Wirral uh, just keeps on going. He's already refereed 45 past Burnley matches so this one will be number 46 and who will bet against him getting to 50 Burnley games before he eventually hangs up that whistle of his and puts his cards away for the final time 23 of his previous matches in charge of Burnley have been in the Premier League uh, with eight Burnley wins seven draws and eight defeats and finally for this section Michael Oliver will be on video assistant referee duties at Stockley Park on Friday
2: excellent is that everything? That's everything think... on the referee, yes. Excellent. I had no idea what you were about to say then. I was like, I don't have anything in front of me. I don't know. what Dave's going rogue. Okay. In that case then, after teasing our listeners and then teasing them again, why don't we finally delve into the banker of Statman Dave and give them your miscellaneous stat of the week.
0: Statman Dave's stat of the week.
1: Yeah, well, this week's stat stems from a discussion with Alex James from Lanks Live and an article he was pulling together relating to how Burnley had started the season. So this week's stat is, Burnley's record of five defeats and just one draw through our first six league matches now represents our worst ever start to a league season. In every previous league season, we've been on two points or more at this stage. And as we know, our only point so far has been for that draw against West Bromwich Albion. However, you may remember that in 2014-15, we didn't win any of our first 10 matches with just four draws and four points. So a win and three points this Friday would at least take us up to four points after seven games. We also don't have to go back too far to the 2018-19 season when we only picked up 12 points in the first 19 games. And we also survived comfortably that season... But we are well aware we need to start getting some wins and points on the board soon, hopefully starting with the game at
2: Brighton. Excellent. Um, what's your gut telling you then, Dave, about the game? I, I, my personal view is I think this is this is definitely our first win coming for us.
1: Um, I'm not quite as confident. I would I would like to think that we can win. Um, but again, head, heart, I think a draw is more likely.
2: Hmm. Why are you feeling confident? Is it just because of the form that we play? Is it just that you think that this team's a bit broken or do you think it's you know it, it Brighton should be a, a very winnable game? I'm feeling really confident.
1: Um I think any away games a tough game in the Premier League whether you're going to Manchester United or whether you're going to Fulham or, or whoever you're going to it's it's going to be tough and we're not going to get many away wins over the course of the season. Yes, it's one that out of the games we do play it's one where we're more more likely to get a win, but I think it's still going to be a a, a tough ass. So my uh, my predictions for a one-one draw.
2: You always say one-one. That's the worst. That's the worst you ever tell us. When we I said we're going to
1: lose on Saturday.
2: Last week? I hope maybe the first time that you've done that, I think I might. I'll let you <laughs> off for that one. But you're, normally speaking, Dave, you do go into that, we'll just draw when you're not feeling confident. Well, I'm going to go for a win. Um, very quick one on strikers. Um, I'm, I'm not loving this Chris Wood Ashley Barnes partnership up front, Dave. Um, so some calls you think for getting Jay in the starting lineup?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean there the, the certainly were certainly looked to be a change of heart in the second half. Um. Mm. With the formation, we, we we brought Jay on for the uh, for the second half and, and played a slightly different formation. I'm not sure it really worked particularly well. Um, I think perhaps we might be better off sticking with what we know, going with the four four two, and maybe um, starting with um, Ashley Barnes up front, and then we'll see. Maybe come in early with the substitutes. Maybe maybe after an hour depending on how things are going, then give Jay the last half hour. And obviously there's um, uh, Matty Vidra as an option as well. So um, it may well be we do go uh, as we have done previously. And we know that those players have done well before. We talked about the win from uh, 2019. Obviously, Ashley Barnes was heavily involved in uh, in that victory as well. So it might be more of an Ashley Barnes game down there. I think it's going to be... A reasonably physical game, and it might be he might suit it better, certainly to begin with going as a, a bit of a battering ram and then soften him up and then Jay comes in and scores a, a hat trick later.
2: yeah, I don't mind that's that's uh, that strategy. Uh, well, let us know what you think, guys whenever you listen to this before the game on Friday, uh, you know how to get in touch with tweet us tweeters at none and ever or send us an email at podcast at none and ever dot net and let us know what your prediction is.
0: fantasy Premier League update.
2: Moving on to the second half of the preview show then, Dave. We're going to start with the non-and-ever Fantasy Premier League. Why don't you go forward with the movers and shakers from game week seven?
1: Seven, yes. Uh, yeah, top five. We've got a non-mover at number one. That's still David Miller. has opened up a 20-point lead at the top. He's on 472 points. Uh, we've got a climber up to second place. That's Chris Yates uh, on 452 Uh, Dale Hitchin is in third on 449, uh, also on 449, but uh, must be on the recount for last week's scores. Uh, (laughs) Joanne Buttermuth. Uh, Joanne Butterworth's gone down to fourth place, uh, uh, 50 points last week. Uh, and in fifth place is Chris Stanworth on 445.
2: Excellent. Maybe Joanne Butterworth's racing to the Pennsylvania courts to demand Stephen Hitchinson's son's votes get recounted because that seems to be the order of the day. Um, I'm loving having um, a girl in the top five and I am definitely rooting for Joanne Butterworth to win this. So come on, Joanne, don't let me down. Um, but I also know Chris Stanworth as well, so I'm quite pleased for him as well I'm sorry David Miller Chris Yates and Dale Hitchin but I don't know who you are so um unless we meet one day when we're back at football I'm going to be supporting Joanne and Chris um what about us Dave what about team preview show how are we doing
1: uh well you're a non-mover you're still oh. in 238th you had 53 points for the week uh that's 262 overall and uh I had a slightly worse week. I was down nineteen places from hundred and sixty eight to hundred and eighty-seventh. That's forty six points for the week and three hundred and thirty three overall. And we should mention as well that Chris Yates with eighty five, uh going up to second place, he was also the highest scoring player overall. Eighty five points yeah. was the uh, the most anyone had.
2: That's impressive that. Well done you. It uh, is. Yeah, well, um I, I'm I'm I slightly the relegations zone, zona one. I'm still safe for now.
1: Well, we we haven't decided how many are going down. I I was saying that if there's 204 in the league, then there need to be 30 getting relegated. Three,
2: three, three. Um, I'm I'm closing the gap on you though. I'm I'm closer to you than I was last week.
1: You Um, are. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna. I'm determined. I'm gonna finish above you this season. what about the rest of the non-never team then? Who's doing the best out of the rest of us? Uh,
1: Richard Steele. He was a climber up to 66th position. He's gone back up. He got 66 points for the week, and that's 384 overall. He's the highest place manager among the uh, non-never podcasters.
2: Excellent. So moving to the players themselves, um, who made their way into the team of the week this week?
1: Uh, well, no Burnley uh, players, uh, not surprisingly, uh, following our defeat. Uh, but Chelsea's uh, Hakim Ziyech and Kurt Zuma both made the list, and the high-scoring player overall for game week seven. Uh, was Southampton's James Ward-Prowse. Uh, he scored twice with three kicks in Southampton's 4-3 win at Aston Villa, um, as well as an assist and three bonus points. That got him to 17. So he was the highest-scoring player overall for the uh, Kings of Game Week 7. And if you'd have had all the 11 players... Uh, in there, you'd have actually got 153 points, which would have been quite some uh, quite some feat.
2: Excellent. Although I am going to challenge you as, as well to see whether or not financially you can get them in. Let's have a look at that next week. Let's see if we can get... Like, in fact, let's do that every single week. When we get the top 11 players... You can do that every week. Okay, I will do that every week. Dave, will you remind me that I need to do that every week? Um, I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What we'll do if, if if you when you've done them, if you fire me over the team when you we're doing the script, your yeah. script, okay, and I'll work out if you could get all of it's 11, possible. See if there is any week this week where it is possible that you could have financially had all of the top eleven places.
1: Yeah, looking at that, I think you could.
2: Yeah, I feel like our reigning champ is going to be shaking his head at me now somewhere in the in the, uh, in, the in the airwaves and going Bromley, no, that, that's impossible. I feel like I've missed something. Seems too obvious. Um, well, we're going to obviously keep an eye. On, oh, actually, before I move on, speaking of Southampton, did I see somewhere? I've been a bit out of the news this week because I've been busy with work. But did I see somewhere that Danny's done his ACL at the game the weekend?
1: Uh, well, they weren't sure what it was, but yeah, looking at it now, I, he, he was in my fancy team, so I've transferred him out. He's, uh looks like he's going to be out till uh, December, so that's it's not going to be his ACL, but it's certainly a um, an injury that's going to keep him out for uh, for a month or so. Oh,
2: poor Danny. Poor thing. Um, well, we're going to obviously keep an eye on fantasy football as we're going along. It's going to be game week eight this week, so make sure you get your teams in. Use those weird little bonus magic spells that you can put on your team that I know nothing about. Um, and remember to to sub out your injured players, because that's something I always forget to do as well. Um, and we will, of course, the next preview show, give you all of the news and the moves and shakers from game week. Eight, which will be a home game against Crystal Palace. So tune in.
0: Statman Dave's quiz question.
2: And finally, then it's time to set our listeners some homework for the week, Dave, with our weekly quiz question. What question are you setting our listeners this week?
1: Uh, Well, this week's quiz question is related to Brighton's current home ground. They have moved around from uh, place to place, but they're now settled at the Amex Community Stadium at Falmer. And what we want to know is. Who was the first player to score for Burnley at Brighton Hove Albion's current stadium?
2: Excellent. And how do they um, submit their answers? How do listeners submit their answers, please? Uh,
1: well, they can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at Never. Uh, email us, podcast at net or reply to the post for this preview show, which will go up on the No Nay Never Facebook page, and we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of next preview show. We'd like lots of correct
2: answers to this one, please. Brilliantly. Um, and then finally, before we leave this week's podcast, um, as we always mention, uh, well, we've mentioned it at the start of the show, and we always do mention it, um, this week is yet another pay-per-view match this Friday. Um, we are, we were supposed to be getting Liam on the uh, for an update on the the main show um but he's had to push it back a week because there's there's been some meeting where there's going to be some update on pay-per-view with the the Clarets Trust and he just said it doesn't make any sense to give you an update now because it's all going to change on Tuesday so keeping out next week we're going to give you some Clarets Trust news to try and give you um some insight as to what's happening with the pay-per-view matches um but Dave we want to give our listeners a chance to do some fundraising instead don't we?
1: Yeah, well, there is this fundraising link, which mentioned uh, previously, which was set up by um, the Burnley FC and the Community Kitchen Food Bank during the first lockdown. That was earlier in the year. And they'd raised about £21,000 a couple of weeks ago, uh, but that's been boosted to over £35,000 following recent publicity. So if you'd like to make a donation of any amount, uh, then here is the link. It's justgiving.com forward slash campaign. Forward slash support for Burnley Food Bank. Support Burnley Food Bank.
2: Excellent. Yeah. And we'll
1: put that in the show notes, hopefully we, as well.
2: Yeah, we certainly will. And obviously, guys, if you you know you do have the, the the funds, and listen, you were all about to go into lockdown, and I know this is a really tough time for everybody. Um, so this is only if you have the means and you have some money that you can spare. Um, this is a really tough time for everybody at the moment, and the more that the community can club together. just the better it's going to be for all of us and we can all just get through this in one piece at the other side um well that's all we've got time for in this week's preview show my thanks as ever go to um producer matt for editing all of this together and getting it out there um as a recording at this moment in time i'm not sure whether we've managed to secure a brighton um fan i know we've been putting the feelers out there with our regular Uh, Brighton um, contacts to see if anybody can do us a quick preview if we did then thanks guys really appreciate it Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I made myself chuckle there that's very tragic isn't it making myself laugh at my own jokes Um, we also want to thank this week Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements which bring
1: better than yours
2: Yes, they were. Much better than mine. Yeah. Um, if you don't like my villain announcement, I'm going to work on that for next week. Um, and uh, you threw me off the scent then. Who am I thanking? Dominic Walker. Yes. Um, we couldn't get to Turf More, so we brought Turf More to you. So thank you, Dominic, for the voiceovers for this week's preview show. Um, finally, my thanks to Dave, who just puts in a phenomenal amount of effort for this preview show and i love it it's my favorite part of none and ever every single week so thank you dave um and you of course are listeners for downloading and listening to this podcast your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um the full panel will be back actually we're thinking we might be doing a show on friday this week we're actually debating at the moment doing a live reaction show straight after the brighton game um first night of lo- second night of lockdown. Um we're going to crack open a few bottles of beer and we're going to have an immediate reaction, I think, to the Brighton game, and um, if we can make that work. If not, then we'll be back with a regular analysis show on Tuesday. And Dave and I will be back with a preview show next Friday where we'll be looking ahead to Christmas. No, we won't.
1: No, we won't. It'll be a week later because of the international break.
2: Oh. This has not been a very slick preview show this week. <laughs> I'd like to say I should pay attention to my script, but that's not on my script. It's,
1: not, it's not like the dates are in the script for you to look at, no.
2: Oh, sorry. It is there as well. And it is, it, Do you know what, listeners? It's in bold, a capital letter type, and just for good measure, it's in red, and I still missed it. Oh, sigh. Okay, Dave and I will be back a week on Friday where we will be previewing the Claret's home game against Crystal Palace. Um, Unless they
1: change the date. Unless they
2: change the date, in which case, who knows when we'll record. We'll see you when we see you. This next four weeks is going to be all up in the air. Um, In the meantime, listeners, as we move into this second spell of national lockdown, stay safe, be well, look after each other. Don't break lockdown don't find loopholes hopefully the only way that we can get out of this in one piece is just to to get these numbers down as quickly as we can and get this virus gone um so do take care of yourselves and take care of others um if anybody's self isolating or is anybody's in lockdown on their own reach out to us on twitter you'll always find a friendly voice here we'll keep you company for a while um and we will uh, we'll see you on the other side. Um, best wishes from everybody at Non and Ever. This has been the Pro Review Show brought to you by the Non and Ever podcast. Until next time.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at Participating Restaurants 18 Plus Serving Times Delivery Fee and Terms Apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery, soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans